Well, good morning, church family. Good morning. It is good to see you all here today. Uh, I, I am certainly glad you found us here in Heritage Hall. Uh, hopefully, it didn't cause too much inconvenience for you. Glad you made it out. I wish I could say this is the only week where, where we'll be out of our normal meeting routine. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we are normally in Alumni Hall, which is on the other side of the hub. Um, but unfortunately, we will be moving around a little bit. Next week, we'll be in Thomas, as you heard. We'll be back here in Heritage the following week, and then eventually we'll make our way back to Alumni Hall. But uh, glad, glad uh, you are with us and um, hang with us as we move around a bit. Uh, just a quick shout out to some of our returning students. We got some alumni in the house. We had, uh, yeah, 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 some alumni. We had uh, a couple of former ACFers get married last night, and so that brought a lot of old friends together for a little sweet reunion. And so welcome, guys. Glad you guys are back. Hopefully God ministers to you today, even if you're no longer a student here. And so that's my hope and prayer. Um, for those of you who've been with us for the last several weeks, you know that we're in the middle of this series called Live in My Best Life, and we're working off of this assumption, this basic assumption, that we all want to live the best life we can live, amen? Right, like no matter who you are, no matter your faith background, no matter your belief system, we all want to live the best life that we can possibly live. And here at ACF, we ha happen to believe that the best life we can live can, be, can only be found in Jesus and in Jesus alone. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says he came to give us an abundant life. And so last week, we began to unpack what this abundant life of Christ entailed. And so we examined specifically our thought life. And, and last week, we went into how our thoughts can either hinder us or propel us into walking in the abundant life that Christ has for us. We're not going to unpack all of that here today. Uh, if you missed that message, you can watch it on our website or subscribe to our podcast and listen to it on iTunes. But, but today, I want to specifically talk to you about the subject of breakthrough. Breakthrough. Uh, in fact, I want to talk to you about the pathways to breakthrough. That's the title of my message today, the pathways to breakthrough. In fact, if you're taking notes down, you can jot that down as the header if you'd like, the pathways to breakthrough. Now, when I say breakthrough, you probably know what I'm talking about. You probably have a general sense of what breakthrough is. Oftentimes we talk about breakthrough in research, right? Breakthrough in a project or some kind of development. We talk about breakthrough in technology, technological breakthrough or innovation, breakthrough in a business or a company. And so we all have a sense, a general sense of what breakthrough is. But what about spiritual breakthrough? If we're talking about breakthrough, I want us to steer our, our attention a little bit towards this subject of spiritual breakthrough. I mean, if breakthrough is really about advancing from one place to the next, from one state of being to another to progressing forward, that's what breakthrough is, right? Spiritual breakthrough is actually no different. Spiritual breakthrough is about moving forward in your journey with Christ. It's about advancing in your walk with Jesus. Now, my hope is that none of us in this place are saying, well, I'm just happy staying put where I am, right? Like, I hope all of us are like, no, I actually want spiritual breakthrough. I want to advance in my walk with Christ and move forward in my journey with God. And so if we're talking about this in the context of the series, we talked about how there's more to life, right? Jesus has more for us than the world can offer us. And so spiritual breakthrough in that construct would be asking for more of God and getting more of him, 
right? Like spiritual breakthrough in a nutshell, if we were to think about this in light of this series, would be asking for more of God and getting more of it. That would qualify as spiritual breakthrough. It would be moving beyond the mundane and the ordinary of life and stepping into a life of extraordinary Extraordinary grace, extraordinary joy, extraordinary peace, a life of extraordinary living. And who doesn't want that, right? Like, we all want that, that kind of breakthrough living. In fact, much of what we're talking about, when we talk about the abundant life of Christ, is a life of breakthrough. That's what we're talking about here. It's a life of spiritual breakthrough. It's moving beyond our present reality and stepping into God's supernatural reality. Now, when I think about that, when I begin to ponder on that, and I think about spiritual breakthrough in that light, I tend to think about the early church in the book of Acts. When I think about the early church, you want to talk about a community that that was experiencing God's supernatural reality on a regular basis? I mean, it was the early church in the book of Acts. They were experiencing all kinds of miracles and signs and wonders and healings and deliverances and supernatural occurrences. I mean, these were people who were literally walking in spiritual breakthrough after spiritual breakthrough. Doesn't that sound amazing? Wouldn't you love to be part of a church like that where, like, we're seeing the supernatural reality of God taking place in our natural realm? Like, that is our hope. And, in fact, today, this morning, my hope is that you would experience some of that together here in this place in your life. My hope is that you would become this supernatural walker of God's reality, that as we talk about these pathways to breakthrough, we would actually acquire Right, rub off a little bit from the early church and what the early church had in the book of Acts. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, and we'll have some folks coming around. They can get one of these Bibles to you. And we'll also put the text up on the screen in just a few moments as well. Acts chapter 19. If you are following along with this in, in these Bibles, we're on 928. 928 is where we are. Acts is, if you're not familiar with the book of Acts, it's after the Gospels and the New Testament. And so just to give you a little bit of background and context in a a really short form, at this point, Jesus has ascended into heaven. He has sent the Holy Spirit, and the church is born. Okay, so, so... Those three things happen. So a lot has happened already in the book of Acts. And that's why Acts is actually one of my favorite books because so much happens in the book of Acts. Jesus has ascended into heaven. He sent the gift of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the church is born. In fact, I could spend a whole year talking about the book of Acts, but today I want to look at a short little story here that I think will shed some light in some some specific pathways to spiritual breakthrough. So meet me at Acts chapter 19. We're going to start from verse 11 and then carry it through to verse 20. Acts chapter 19, verse 11 through 20. Again, we'll put the text up here on the screen if you'd rather look along with us that way. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what it says. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Siva were doing this, or Sceva, Siva, however you'd like to pronounce that. In verse 15, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, 
but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. By the way, I would have loved to just been a fly on the wall to just watch all of this go down. I mean, I, just, I can only imagine the scene that was unfolding. And, and, and in verse 17, it says, this became known. The story became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, many of those who are now believers came confessing and divulging their practices, and a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. In other words, they were experiencing breakthrough. That's, that's, that's what that last line is indicating. They were experiencing breakthrough. And so what does this passage show us about these pathways to breakthrough? What does this passage show us about the concept of breakthrough? Well, I believe this passage shows us three specific pathways that I want to hone in on to spiritual breakthrough. And the first pathway is this. It's the pathway of personal intimacy. Personal intimacy. You want to experience breakthrough in your life, spiritual breakthrough. It comes by way of this pathway of personal intimacy. Listen, if this story teaches us anything, it's that personal intimacy with God is the avenue towards breakthrough. In other words, you cannot walk in spiritual breakthrough without walking in personal intimacy with Jesus. The two cannot be divorced. You cannot walk in spiritual breakthrough without, apart from walking in personal intimacy with Jesus. Look at what the text says in verse 13. These itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, and they said, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. By the way, if you put a definite article before a name, it just shows that you don't know that person. The Jesus. It's like, yeah, that guy, right? Like, the, that, the Dan, right? Like, you, you, I come to you in that name. That's essentially, in other words, they're saying, we don't know this Jesus. We're, we're, we're making it clear, even by the way we're talking about him. But he seems to be working some magic for that guy, Paul, down the road. And so we're just going to hijack the name and see if we can exploit the name for our purposes. And so get this, get the picture. Here are these guys observing and watching Paul's ministry unfold. The apostle Paul is performing all kinds of miracles, right? He's casting out demons, he's healing the sick, and he's delivering people left and right. And these seven sons of Siva do what so many of us fall into the trap of doing. We try to replicate someone else's breakthrough. We try to replicate someone. We, we look at someone else's breakthrough and what God is doing in that person's life, and we say, oh, I like that. I want some of that. God, give me some of that, right? And so we walk into this trap, right into the trap of trying to replicate what God is doing. And when we don't yield the same results, guess what happens? We become frustrated and disillusioned and we say to ourselves, well, I guess there's no spiritual breakthrough for me. No, 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 no. That's not the case at all. You see, God's work of breaking through in someone's life will look different person to person. Let me say this real clearly. You cannot replicate and mass produce a work of God. It doesn't work that way. Spiritual breakthrough does not work that way. You cannot replicate and mass produce a work of God. And so here's a word for you, church. Instead of focusing on someone else's breakthrough and what God is doing in someone else's life, I would encourage you, focus on cultivating your own personal intimacy 
with Jesus. Lord, help me to know you better. I want to know you better, and I want you to know me. God, I know you're all knowing you, and you know everything, but I want you to know me intimately, and I want to know you intimately. Focus on cultivating your own personal intimacy with Jesus. And so here are the seven sons of Siva trying to cast out evil spirits void of any personal intimacy with Jesus. And listen to how the evil spirit responds in verse 15. The evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know. Paul, I recognize, but who are you? Who are you? You see, even demons understand the significance of personal intimacy with Jesus. Even demons understand that without intimacy with Jesus, You've got nothing. You have no authority over me. Like, like Jesus and Paul, I know, but who are you? Friends, hear me. Spiritual power and spiritual authority rest solely on those who know Jesus. Spiritual power and spiritual authority rest on those who know Jesus. People who know Jesus are the ones, and you know people like this in your own life. People who know Jesus are the ones who are walking in the power and authority of heaven. They, they, they kind of have a different kind of swagger about them, like it's a holy swagger. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, you see the aroma of Christ on their lives, right? Like you know this person. In fact, Peter and John, right, they, they, they stand in front of the, the Jewish council and the Jewish leaders, and they're like, we know that these guys are not educated men, but we can tell these guys have been with Jesus. Like people who walk in that kind of spiritual power and authority are people who know Jesus. They're the ones who are living a vibrant life deeply rooted in faith. They don't seem rattled by earth's, you know, uh, trials and hardships, things, life throws a crap of things your way, and you're not rattled in the least bit because you're deeply rooted in faith. Where does that come from? It comes from you knowing Jesus, intimacy with Jesus. You see, breakthrough comes through this pathway of personal intimacy. Folks, may it never be said of you, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? May it never be said of you. Our intimacy with Jesus should be a defining characteristic of who we are as the people of God. Our personal intimacy with Jesus. Now, the question is, sounds good, but how do we go about doing that? How do we go about growing in personal intimacy with Jesus? Well, that leads us to our second pathway. You see, our second pathway is not only a pathway to breakthrough, but it's also the means by which we grow in our first pathway, personal intimacy, and that's this. It's the pathway of ordinary disciplines. It's the pathway of ordinary disciplines. See, here's, can I shoot straight with you guys? Like a lot of us, a lot of us, here's what we do. Many of us want the extraordinary breakthrough without walking down the pathway of ordinary disciplines. We want the extraordinary work of God without putting in the ordinary disciplines into our lives. You see, it's easy, and I get it, and the sons of Siva were doing this as well. It's easy to look at the Apostle Paul and marvel at his work. Wow, right? Like we already established that Paul was performing all kinds of miracles, even in this text. It says in verse 11, and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Paul, God was doing these extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. In other words, it seemed like wherever Paul went, breakthrough followed. And wouldn't that be amazing if you just walked into a room and like people were healed instantly? Like, hey guys. I, I was sick, but now I'm, I'm healed. Like, it, it seemed like wherever Paul went, like, handkerchiefs were being brought, aprons were being brought, and people were being healed, delivered, left and right. And the great temptation, the great temptation for you and for me is to look at the extraordinary miracles 
and chase after that. It's easy for us to look at what God is doing, all the extraordinary miracles, and begin to chase after that. What you don't always see is the journey that Paul took up until this point. The disciplines that he put into place, the time that it was required for him to come to this place of incredible breakthrough. What we often forget is that before there was an Acts 19, there was an Acts 9, and then an Acts 10, and an Acts 11, 12, 13, 14, on and on. There were 10 whole chapters of Paul pursuing after God through very ordinary disciplines before he ever came to a place of these extraordinary miracles. Friends, hear me. Behind every extraordinary miracle is a person devoting themselves to very ordinary disciplines. Behind every extraordinary miracle is a person devoting themselves to very ordinary disciplines. Uh, I know I shared this story in the past here, and I can't remember who's all remembered what and, and, and whatnot, but for me, um, I, I remember I was at a, I was at a, a church conference in Brockton, Massachusetts, and uh, the, 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 the pastor of that church was a, a seminary professor of mine, and, and, um, and his name is Rob, and I remember I went to that church, and it was in the New England area, right? Like, God's not doing a lot in New England. Like, New England is, it's struggling, spiritually speaking, right? And so, uh, so we go, and, um, and, 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 and what, to my surprise, God is blowing that place up like people are experiencing the power of God in crazy ways. Like people are, people are being filled with the Holy Spirit. They're, they're, they're hearing from God. They're testifying. They're prophesying. They're, there's, there's, some, there's a palpable sense. I don't know if you ever, guys have ever experienced this where you walk into a, a gathering of, of God's people and you're like, whoa, there's something different about this environment. This isn't like just an ordinary church service where we have a couple songs and a message. Like God is here. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I remember walking into that, even before a song was sung, a word preached, I remember thinking to myself, God is here in New England. Like, what is going on? And so after service, I, like, I, I, I went to Rob. I said, Rob, you're clearly experiencing unprecedented revival for this area, this region of our country. Like, what is, what is going on here? And I remember him telling me, Dan, for three years, three years, every morning, I would get up and I would pray for revival. I would just seek God's heart for revival. Every night when I went to bed, before I went to bed, I would pray, God, revive our land. Revive this region. Revive New England for your glory. Revive this place, Lord, for your glory. Every day, without fail, for three years, he said, I was on my face seeking after God's heart for our region. And it's only after three years are we just beginning to experience a little bit of breakthrough. Behind every extraordinary miracle is a person devoting themselves to very ordinary disciplines. See, Rob wasn't chasing after the miracle. He wasn't chasing after the breakthrough. He was seeking after God. Because breakthrough comes when you seek after the face of God. Behind every extraordinary miracle is a person devoting themselves to very ordinary disciplines. And folks, ordinary disciplines always precedes extraordinary breakthrough. To put it more simply, let me just say it this way. There is no shortcut to breakthrough. 
I hate that about the way God works, and I hate that about life, but there is, that's just the fact, there is no shortcut to breakthrough. You see, that was the big difference between the sons of Siva and the apostle Paul. The sons of Siva wanted to bypass the disciplines and take a shortcut to breakthrough. He said, I see it's happening over there, so let me just, let me use that name and see if it'll work for me. They wanted to bypass the disciplines, the very ordinary disciplines, to get to the breakthrough quickly, only to find out it don't work that way. Spiritual breakthrough doesn't work that way. The apostle Paul, on the other hand, knew what it meant to build his life on very ordinary disciplines that set him up well for God to use in extraordinary ways. I'll often hear students complain to me time and time again about a lack of spiritual breakthrough in their lives. And my heart breaks for them. I do. It, it, it really does. Because I want to see spiritual breakthrough in your lives. I want to see spiritual breakthrough in the lives of the people that I love. But I'll often hear students complain about a lack of spiritual breakthrough in their lives. And they'll say things like, you know, Dan, I'm just not experiencing God's presence in my life. I'm just not experiencing his presence in my life. Well, are, are you in the word? Are you putting in the discipline of studying God's word? Uh, no, but Dan, you got to hear me. I, I'm just not seeing him move in my life in the ways that I'm wanting him to move. Like, I want him to move in these specific ways, and I, he's just not doing that. Okay, are you in fellowship and community with other believers who can speak into that? Friends, it, it's amazing how much perspective the body of Christ can provide for you. Are you in fellowship and in a community with other believers who can speak some truth into that? Yeah, 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 but, but not, like, I'm not into that fluffy community garbage nonsense. Like, I need God to break through. I need God to break through in my life in this certain way, and he's just not doing anything. Are you spending time seeking his face in prayer? Well, no. I mean, I'm not, no, I, like, I, I have a Bible, but, like, and, and it's just, I can't get into it, like, and, and I'm, no, I, like, I don't have time for community, like, I'm too busy, and I just, I don't have time for fellowship and, and deep Christ-centered community. I, no, I don't, I'm not praying, because God's God. He knows what I want. He's an all-knowing God. He knows I need this breakthrough. Why isn't he doing it? This actually leads me to my third and final pathway to breakthrough, and here's where we'll kind of start landing the plane here. The third and final pathway to breakthrough is the pathway of spiritual hunger. The pathway of spiritual hunger. Friends, hear me. Oftentimes, God will wait to break through in our lives until he sees just how desperate and hungry we are for him. If you look at any great, extraordinary move of God in all of history, it always came when people gathered together in deep hunger and desperation and cried out for more of God. Why would we ever think that God would break through in someone's life when they're not hungry for it, when they're not eagerly hungering for him? In other words, you gotta want it and you gotta want it bad enough. Did you notice how the story wrapped up? It's kind of interesting after this debacle with the seven sons of Siva, they go running out naked and wounded, and, and it's like they, they, there's a scene in verse 17. It goes on and it says, and this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. By the way, any spiritual breakthrough that comes your way is for the purposes of magnifying Jesus. It is not solely for your benefit. 
right? Like some of us seek breakthrough because it's going to help me. I need to look, God, you need to look out for me. Like, no, 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 hang on. If God is going to break through, it's going to be to exalt him. It's not to exalt you and to make you great or to help. Listen, God will help you out as, as much as he desires to, but it is for the purposes of your life, magnifying and making much of Jesus. That's why I love how we started off this morning. Is it worshiping our strong God, turning our attention and our affection towards who God is. And so if God breaks through in our lives, I promise you, it's to exalt Jesus, it's to make much of him. The name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. In verse 18, here's kind of where it gets a little interesting. Also, many of those who are now believers came, confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. And the, the, the final verse goes on, talks about how ministry and breakthrough continue to advance. Now, at first glance, this might seem like a bit of an odd segue. But let me, let me give you a sense of what's happening here. These, these people were gathering in this place, were formerly living as practitioners of magic and, and worshipers of false gods. And when they witnessed the true God at work, they began abandoning their old ways in, in order to pursue the true living God. They said, this isn't, this isn't real, this isn't working for us, and I'm going to throw my life towards this God. They began to renounce their old practices that, that went along with their false religions. They were burning their books, which, by the way, was no small acts. Books were a very rare and valuable commodity. It's not like you could have bought a book on Amazon for eight bucks and that was it and call it a day. No, these books were a very rare and valuable item. Books weren't very readily available, as many of you may already know. In fact, that's what the text is referring to when it says, and they counted the value of them. All the books that they threw into the fire and burned, it came out to 50,000 pieces of silver. Now, I remember reading that text. I'm like, why? That's a weird piece of information to throw in there. Like, the value, which, which, by the way, would be equivalent to about $10,000 worth of books, again, in that time, was no, no small feat. And what the text writer is trying to communicate here is that these people were willing to throw away everything and abandon all they once held to so that they can fully come to this place of pursuing God with everything that they've got. And friends, this is precisely what spiritual hunger is. Spiritual hunger is forsaking and abandoning all in order to go after the one. That's what spiritual hunger is. It's not like this, like, it's not like this angsty, like, you know, like, you know, this, this ethereal kind of, like, vague concept of, like, spiritual hunger. No, spiritual hunger is essentially looking at the landscape of your life and saying, all of this is rubbish compared to knowing Jesus, my Lord. Spiritual hunger is saying, I'm willing to forsake and abandon everything in my life so that I can pursue after the one. This is what Paul was talking about in Philippians 4, right? I count everything as loss for the sake, for the surpassing worth. There is nothing more worthy than knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. That's spiritual hunger. Let me tell you, when people and communities have that kind of hunger stirring within them, Oftentimes, breakthrough is right around the corner. When people and communities come together and they hunger for God in that way, and ACF, I pray that we would be that kind of community, that we would be the kind of community where we say, you know what, hey, listen, I am forsaking all and abandoning all. I'll take my books and burn them 
right? Like some of you are like, amen, I'll take my textbook and burn them, right? Like some of you are like, I'll do that. No, no, I'm not talking about, I'm, t- I'm taking, I'm talking like everything in my life. I'm going to lay it at the cross so that I can go after Jesus. That's what, I, that's what I'm willing to do. That kind of spiritual hunger, if that hunger is present within a pe- community of people, the people of God, breakthrough is right around the corner, church. And I want to experience that kind of breakthrough. So the question is, how badly do you want God to move in your life? There, there are people, let, let me just let me go off on the sidetrack just two seconds. There are people in here that are convinced that you have come to this place of true hunger. You, you're convinced that even after hearing all of this, you're like, Dan, you don't understand. I've been praying for breakthrough. I've been seeking after God. Like this spiritual hunger you're talking about, I feel like I got that. Okay. Can I just say, God has this way of of deepening the wells of our lives in ways that sometimes are painful and incomprehensible. And so for those of us who are like, I feel like I got that hunger and there's still no breakthrough. Friend, no, listen, it could be that God is digging a deeper well in your life so that you have the capacity to hold more of him. Right now, you might feel like, yeah, I'm hungry, but your hunger might be at a level two. God might want to dig your well deeper to a level eight, to a level 10, so that you can hold more of God in your life. And so, friend, can I just encourage you here today? If you're in this place, I realize a message like this, if you feel like you're, you're longing for breakthrough and you're not seeing it, a message like this, I understand, can be like sandpaper to your ears. Like, I, I, I'm looking for a breakthrough, but this preacher's telling me, like, I'm not doing enough or I'm not good enough or whatever. However you're interpreting that, it could feel like sandpaper to your soul. But, friend, let me just let me encourage you. It's not that God's not breaking through in your life. It's that he might be wanting to dig your well a little bit deeper. It might be that you have untapped hunger to tap into quite yet. And it might be that God is wanting to dig that well deeper so that you can contain more of him in your life. And so I I hope for someone, for somebody, that would be an encouraging word to you. But the question is, how hungry are you for the abundant life of Christ? See, friends, we've got to be willing to journey down the pathways of personal intimacy, of ordinary disciplines, and of spiritual hunger if we want to see breakthrough in our lives.